Chapter 4. If it's okay with you, it's okay with me. But if it's okay with you, it's okay with me. There had been no more near misses. More than once, he'd considered storming over to James and Lily's flat and barging through the front door in a pretend fit of rage, just so he could lift Sirius by the collar of his shirt and get a really good look at the changes in his face. More than once, he'd considered sending a fake, angry text to Sirius in hopes that maybe Sirius would barge over with the same end result. But what Pete had told him was weighing on him rather heavily— because of his avoidance of anything related to Sirius Black, he didn't look at his photo shoots in the magazines, he didn't watch his interviews on late night television, he didn't even have any social media accounts, just in case. He didn't know. He didn't know Sirius's attraction to men was a secret. He didn't know the fame that Sirius had worked so hard for had come at such a price. He didn't know Sirius had been pretending this whole time didn't know Sirius was contractually obligated to keep pretending this whole time. And it was all of it Remus's fault. It was all because Remus, in his own delusion of self-sacrifice, hadn't listened to Sirius when he'd told Remus that he would give it all up for him. To Remus, it had meant giving up something very important, but to Sirius, maybe it hadn't been that important to start with. Remus spent the rest of the day brooding. Of course, Pete tried to cheer him up with triple chocolate cookies, and while Remus hadn't turned them down, that would have been rude, but his mind and heart stayed with Sirius, despite the fact that Sirius probably wasn't reciprocating that feeling. Pete had told him of the conversation that had taken place in the shop while Remus was in his flat upstairs, how Sirius had been crying, how he'd held onto Pete's jumper with clenched fists. Pete tried to convince Remus that Sirius's tears meant he had never really gotten over him, but Remus knew better than to let his hopes swell. Not that Sirius had ever disappointed him. No, only Remus had done that. Still, Sirius hadn't come back by the shop, not even a text. Maybe he was leaving it in Remus's hands, but Remus couldn't trust himself to make that call. It didn't matter if everyone told him that Sirius was willing to see him, he still couldn't believe that Sirius didn't want to knock his teeth out. Not that Remus wouldn't completely deserve it, but he wasn't sure his heart could take the beating. For the second night in a row, Remus drove to his parents' house all the way out in the woods in the middle of the night. When he parked in front of the house, however, he didn't go inside. Instead, he started down the long dirt road that connected their house to the main route. His steps were slow and deliberate, each one feeling heavier than the last, and Remus pretended he didn't know the reason. But he did. He knew. And it wasn't that he hadn't gotten used to being alone over the last ten years. At times, he even enjoyed the space. It wasn't that his life wasn't whole and wonderful on its own, with his family and friends to keep him company, working for no one but himself, doing something that he enjoyed immensely. It wasn't that he spent every waking moment thinking of how miserable his life was without Sirius in it, because, in truth, it really wasn't. It was a life of his own making, and he reveled in it. That didn't change the fact that when something happened in his life, good or bad, the one he wanted to share it with was still Sirius. After ten years, when he got exciting news, like when he'd found out he'd been approved for the loan to open his shop, his inherent reaction was still to call Sirius. Strangely, even in situations like this when he didn't know what to do, what choice to make, he still wanted to ask Sirius for his opinion, even though they all knew that Sirius didn't always have the best insight in regard to appropriate choices. Which was why Remus had the scar above his eye and Pete had early-onset arthritis in two of his fingers. Remus still wanted to talk to him more than anyone in the world. Even when Sirius was the choice he was trying to make. Even when Sirius was the obvious choice. That was it. Sirius was the obvious choice. It didn't matter if Sirius broke his jaw for trying, he still had to try. While the last ten years hadn't been full of misery, there had certainly been enough. And it was misery that could have easily been prevented if Remus had only listened. 
If Remus hadn't thought, he was wise enough to remove one of Sirius's only choices about where his life would go. Before he could convince himself otherwise, he pulled the phone from his pocket and opened up a text to Sirius. Quickly, he typed out the first thing that was on his mind, a thought that had lived in the back of his mind for ten years. With a quick breath and a twitching thumb, he hit send. Remus, I miss you. Not even a single second passed before Remus regretted sending it. It sounded so entitled. It sounded remorseless. It sounded trivial. Without thinking, he added, and then kept adding, obsessively, Remus, I miss you. I know I don't have the right to say that. And it's unfair of me to say it now. After all this time. And after everything I did, but... I miss you all the same. As one hand went into his hair in some effort to remove it from the screen so that he wouldn't keep word vomiting into more text messages, he read them over all again, trying not to agonize over the word delivered underneath the last one, trying not to wait for a reply that likely wouldn't come. You should have sent that ten years ago he heard a torturously familiar voice say out loud from some distance in the dark. His head jerked up so quickly that he wondered if he'd torn something. Standing just beyond his view, masked in the shadows of the towering beech trees, was a figure he'd know across miles and despite decades. When Sirius stepped into the vague light being cast by the moon between the canopy, Remus took in an unsteady breath, Having forgotten the ethereal glow of Sirius's eyes under starlight, the haze of his thick black hair in the dark that made it seem like Remus was staring into a void of space. And as unexpected as it was for Remus to see just then, the elation of that curious little curve in the corner of Sirius's full lips that meant he was holding back a smile. I wanted to. Remus replied simply, keeping his responses short for more reason than one. In the bottom of his chest, he almost felt like he didn't have the right to speak to Sirius at all. But more than that, he couldn't stand being the one doing the speaking when all he wanted was to hear Sirius's voice. Why didn't you? Sirius asked, his voice so soft and so fragile that Remus had to physically restrain himself from surging forward to pull Sirius into his arms. It didn't help that Sirius hadn't stopped walking towards him, despite how Sirius's presence had completely frozen Remus in place. Because I made you hate me. Remus swallowed heavily, his eyes drawn to the dirt for only a moment, because he couldn't stand to not look at Sirius when he stood right in front of him, walking closer with every passing word, looking at him with an expression that Remus could have never expected. Though his hair was down, it was pushed to one side, only moving across his cheeks when it was captured in an easy breeze moving in from the main road, giving Remus a full, unobstructed view to decipher the meaning of that expression. His eyes were narrowed in Remus's direction, but it didn't look like it was out of suspicion or mistrust, at least not fully, but Remus couldn't name the thing that lived beside it. If he didn't know better, he would say it looked a lot like the anticipation in his own eyes. You certainly tried. Sirius let out a soft breath that almost sounded like a laugh if it hadn't been enveloped in an exhausted sigh. With raised brows and widened eyes, Remus took the same breath in, wondering if Sirius had intended that short, innocent phrase to carry so much weight. No. Remus knew. There was no way Sirius had chosen those words for anything less than deliberate intention. Sirius was a master of knowing just the right thing to say to elicit a particular response he was looking to create. It was a skill he'd used on Remus many times, and it was almost comforting that he'd not only retained the skill, but still knew Remus well enough to utilize it so expertly which meant that Sirius didn't hate him. 
After ten years, after ruining his life, after breaking his heart, the same boy who had knelt in the dirt only to hear he had never been loved, that boy didn't hate him. And Remus couldn't decide if he could cry from the hope that sentiment left behind in his chest or sob over the years he'd wasted in not trying to win Sirius back after making the worst decision of his life. No, don't do that, Remus argued, despite the fact that Sirius was saying things that he never dreamed he would get to hear. When he spoke, his voice was tight from the struggle to maintain his composure, afraid to show Sirius the hellfire of the flame he still carried for him, knowing that not hating him was nowhere close to still loving him. Don't pretend like I didn't ruin your life, Sirius. At first, Sirius didn't reply, but his eyes remained devout in their focus, watching Remus with an intensity that Remus hadn't been subjected to in ten years. It left an uncommon and unruly blush spreading through his cheeks and moving down into his chest where it seared an ache into his sternum. On a short, careful breath, Sirius spoke. You did, he agreed, nodding his head solemnly. You did, but you ruined it by not being in it. So I... He paused suddenly to look back up at Remus, the mercury in his eyes swirling erratically, like an undercurrent that would pull Remus to his death, if not for the tears Sirius was blinking back. So why would I let you keep ruining it by staying out of it any longer? It was all over. Any semblance of control Remus had had over his emotions dropped from his lungs with the broken, aching breath that moved from his lips and warmed the air around him. Instantly, his face was in his hands. He could feel the tears moving between his fingers before he knew he was crying. I could never do enough to make up for what I did to you. Remus mumbled, wet and bitter, his voice buried within the cusp of his enclosed palms. Before he could move, he felt Sirius's hands on his wrists, pulling his hands away from his face. For a moment he paused, afraid to move, afraid to touch Sirius, afraid that any sudden motion would destroy this moment and he would lose it, lose Sirius, again. Instead, Sirius just smiled. It was a damaged smile, and he had begun to cry too the tears in his eyes magnifying the gleam of his silver eyes in the moonlight. With a deep, full breath, he shook his head, the bridged tears overwhelming the borders of his dark lashes, slipping quietly down his cheeks. I'd be willing to let you try, Mooney, he whispered, and Remus broke. There was no power left in him to hold back the anguish that he had been bottling for ten years. As his shoulders began to quake from the sobs moving through his lungs, Sirius silently moved his hand up to the back of Remus's neck, applying only the slightest pressure, which was all it took to coax Remus's head onto his shoulder. Why? Why forgive me after all this time? Remus breathed into Sirius's skin, wrapping his arms around Sirius's chest to hold him closer, because he hadn't got to feel this embrace in ten years. I was young and stupid, and proud as fuck, you know that, Sirius said, and there was nearly a laugh in his voice, and Remus reveled in the way he could feel Sirius's throat move against his cheek. Now, I'm older and smarter, and... When he stopped suddenly, Remus tried to fill in the gaps for him. <laughs> Humble, he asked, risking a small laugh of his own. Sirius surprised him by laughing loudly. <laughs> oh, hell no. I'm the same cocky son of a bitch I was when I was 19. Worse, maybe. He said with a laugh that Remus could hear echo throughout his chest, and while Remus tightened his arms in response, Sirius let his grip on Remus lax just a bit. And it was comfortable. The point is... And his voice trailed off and he didn't say more. Remus looked back up to find Sirius smiling again. I missed you too. Mm -hmm. 
more than once on the drive over, he'd asked himself what he thought he would accomplish by visiting this place again, the place where Remus had broken his heart. Lying to himself and knowing that he was lying to himself, he pretended that he was going for closure. If he saw the dirt he'd knelt in that night when Remus had told him he'd never loved him, he would see it for what it was. Just dirt. It held no memories, held no feelings. The tears had evaporated and the anger had dissolved into the air. While that much was true, his motivation was far from the truth. It wasn't closure he was looking for, but an opening. Ever since that near brush at the coffee shop he'd been considering it. No, before that. It was before hearing that Remus was still enamored with him, before finding that picture in his jacket pocket, and hearing Pete say how he wore that jacket, Sirius's jacket, every day. It was even before he gushed about Remus to Marlene and Dorcas and Regulus and James. It was before he'd left London. The events over the last few days only gave him the room to do what he'd been wanting to do every day for the last ten years. Only gave him the motivation, only gave him the encouragement. It was finding out that Remus had been just as miserable as he had, finding out that Remus still thought about him, despite the hurt that existed between them. It was just enough of a trigger to spur Sirius to act. It didn't change the damage that Remus had done that New Year's Eve when Sirius was 19, kneeling in the very dirt that was now under the heavy print of his leather boots. It didn't ease the night Sirius had cried himself to sleep. It didn't expunge the panic attack he'd had while trying to do his job because of the seemingly insignificant thing that reminded him of Remus, or any of the ones before it. But ultimately, it had been one fight, a decade ago, and they probably could have worked through it if Sirius hadn't fled to London to avoid it. Rationally, Sirius knew that the weight of the choice that Remus had made for him didn't shift to his own shoulders once he figured out Remus's intention. Just because he eventually realized that Remus had been lying to him didn't mean that he became the one responsible for mending the crater that Remus had forged between them. Rightly, it should have been Remus. Yet that didn't change the fact that Sirius wanted it mended. And for the past ten years, based on what Sirius had heard over the last couple days, Remus had been under the impression that his plan had been successful, that he'd forced Sirius to hate him so Sirius could live out his tedious, lonely fantasy in a world where everyone close to him only wanted something from him. Sure, maybe there had been a time when he was younger that part of him did hate Remus, but the part that loved Remus never died. At first, after he figured out that Remus had said those terrible, untrue things to force Sirius to choose, Sirius waited for an apology. If he kept waiting for that apology, he'd wait forever. Remus was as thick-headed and stubborn as Sirius was, especially when it came to something like this. If things got too heavy, Remus had a bad habit of shutting down. But Sirius had long ago learned how to draw him out. When they were only twelve or so, when they had only just become friends, Remus started to withdraw from the group, refusing to talk to any of them. If Sirius had given up then, they would never have known the truth, because Remus would never have told them. Because Remus would have sacrificed his own happiness for what he thought was the right choice, even if it wasn't the right choice. Instead, Sirius had shown up at Remus's house uninvited and refusing to leave until Remus told him what was happening. It had ended in a shouting match through the front door, but it was through that shouting match that Sirius learned the truth. That Remus's mother was sick, that he was pulling away because he felt obligated to take care of her alongside his father. That he felt guilty for being happy and spending time with his friends while his mother's heart had been secretly and progressively failing. If Sirius had given up then, he wouldn't have been there to see Remus open the door with tears pouring down his cheeks. If Sirius had given up then, he wouldn't have been able to take Remus into his arms and let him cry on his shoulder. If Sirius had given up then, he would have lost the boy who would become the most important person in the world to him. He hadn't given up then. He wouldn't now. It took Sirius a long time to see it, but Remus had done the same thing at twelve that he went on to do at eighteen. He suffered silently and made a stupid decision for a noble reason. 
and Sirius knew that Remus would continue to suffer silently unless Sirius applied the right pressure, just like he had when they were twelve. Maybe it would be a screaming match, or maybe not. Whatever it took. As he came to a halt in the road, he realized that after all these years, he couldn't even remember where he'd knelt in the dirt that night. There was no marker, no imprint of his knees, no imaginary bloodstains from the wound Remus had left. It was as he knew it would be, just dirt. In his dreams, the ones where things worked out the same, it always ended in catastrophe. A sinkhole opened up in the earth and swallowed him, or Remus watched as he slowly bled to death, his blood leaving an angry red stain that no amount of decay or weathering could wash away. It was almost freeing to be reminded that there was no reminder. He could leave the memories here, too. He could stop agonizing over what could have happened on the road not taken. He could just change course. As he saw the looming shadow of the Lupin's house pass the curve in the driveway, his steps slowed, but it wasn't because of the darkness of the house. It was because, just inside that curve in the dirt, stood the obscured figure of Remus Lupin. Sirius could only see him because of the glow on his worried face, illuminated by the otherwise insignificant glow of the screen of his mobile phone. His thumbs hovered over the screen almost anxiously before they moved in an impetuous frenzy over their intended keys. Under a quickened breath, the exhale of which was audible even from the distance that Sirius stood, he could see Remus press one key rather deliberately. Send. Sirius knew. He also knew that when he slipped his own mobile from his back pocket that there would be a message there from Remus Lupin. Despite watching Remus send that message, it still surprised him when he unlocked his phone to see he had been right. Seeing Remus's name as the sender left a strange, familiar quiver in Sirius's chest. He wasn't sure what to expect in the content, but he was almost sure that Remus wouldn't admit to anything outright. At least not at first. Maybe he would start an innocuous conversation about Sirius being back in town, or James and Lily's baby, or having to share their godfathering duties. And Sirius was wrong on all accounts, because when he opened that message to see the words, I miss you, he heard himself making that same breath that Remus had made only moments before, and it burned as it moved across his tongue. The first thing that Remus had said to him in ten years, only three words, but it said so much more than Sirius had prepared himself for. Before he could say the response already formed in his mouth, the phone vibrated again, and he looked back down. Remus, I miss you. I know I don't have the right to say that. And it's unfair of me to say it now. After all this time. And after everything I did, but I miss you all the same. In all of those dreams where things worked out differently, none of them predicted this. If they had, maybe Sirius wouldn't feel like dropping to his knees in a cloud of dirt. It wasn't the apology that he had waited for, but maybe it was something better. It was Remus admitting that the decision he'd made ten years ago was the wrong one. It was Remus opening that door without a shouting match to precede it. It was Remus suffering openly, without pressure, no longer willing to sacrifice his happiness. You should have sent that ten years ago. Sirius called, watching the way Remus immediately ripped his gaze from the screen, his eyes scattering until they fell upon the spot where Sirius stood. As Sirius took a step forward into the moonlight, breaking through the branches, he watched Remus take in a breath so deep that it moved his whole body with it. His back straightened, his throat tightened, his chest rose with the surge of air into his lungs. He blinked like he expected Sirius to vanish. I wanted to, he finally replied as his gaze moved over Sirius in an erratic pattern that suggested he was trying to memorize Sirius's features, just in case this all turned out to be a dream. And Sirius was doing just the same, counting the greys in the scruff along Remus's jaw and along his hairline admiring the lines that curved around his lips from the immensity of a smile that he had never been able to hide as well as he thought, enamored by the way his soft curls had gotten long enough to coil around his ears. Why didn't you? 
Sirius pressed in word and in distance, continuing his careful dance into Remus's immediate space, not yet knowing how Remus would react if his presence was in it. Because I made you hate me, Remus replied, swallowing so hard that Sirius was gifted with watching his very prominent Adam's apple move all the way down his long, slender throat. It was only for that moment, however, because Remus quickly drew his eyes to the ground, as if he wasn't giving himself the right to look directly at Sirius, like reference to a god. If he hadn't looked back up rather quickly, Sirius was almost certain that he would have rushed over to take Remus by the chin and lift his head. But he did look up, and the expression he returned was completely different than the one before it. Instead of swallowing his regret, now he was swallowing something entirely different, and Sirius was fairly certain he knew what it was, because he knew that look. He'd seen it on hundreds of nights in his bedroom, in Remus's bedroom, in the stairwell at school, in a single sleeping bag, under the stars. After all the time spent fighting with himself about this decision, he couldn't believe how weightless it made him feel to finally have made it. Maybe he couldn't alter what had happened in the past the way he had in his dreams, but he could certainly overcome it. They both could. Together. <sighs> you certainly tried. Sirius let himself smile just a bit, dispelling a breath that he intended to sound like a laugh, but the rest of his body wasn't ready to make the decision his heart had, and the breath stalled in his throat, emerging a little more despairing and a lot more heartbroken. Despite that tone, Remus heard the confession for what it was. It was a little more simplified than the truth of what happened, but Remus would know what it meant. That whatever this was that they were trying to salvage from the ashes of what Remus had burned down, Sirius didn't hate him. No, don't do that. If Sirius didn't know Remus better, he would have been surprised by Remus's argument of the statement Sirius had just made. But this was just like when they were twelve, screaming at each other through the front door of this same house. Back then, Remus knew he had hurt Sirius by pushing him away, but he continued to push him away in some effort to spare him from more pain. He was doing the same thing now, in just the same way. Don't pretend like I didn't ruin your life, Sirius. And he was right. In fact, it was no different than the argument he had made with James only the day before. But for the first time, he was struck with the realization of why it had ruined his life. And once he looked at it that way, there was really no argument strong enough to change his perspective. You did, Sirius agreed, nodding and pulling his lips into his teeth. You did, but you ruined it by not being in it. So I... He took a breath to stop himself from nervously rambling, unsettled by the way Remus was looking at him, flushed and breathing like he'd forgotten how. So why would I let you keep ruining it by staying out of it any longer? He finished, embarrassed by the tears he was fighting. As well as Sirius liked to think he knew Remus, he was still sharply taken aback by the immediate way Remus crumpled, his face in his hands, tears slipping down his wrists into the folded cuffs of his long sleeves, his breath stumbling out between his fingers in broken pieces. He'd expected a fight, like the one they'd had when they were twelve, or the one they'd had the day they ended their relationship. I could never do enough to make up for what I did to you. Remus cried into his open palms, his voice subdued, but growling in his anger. Suddenly, Sirius knew why Remus had given in so quickly. This was a fight he'd been trying to end for ten years, and Sirius had just given him the chance for resolution. With a fractured smile and tears running down his own cheeks, Sirius took Remus's hands in his own, pulling them down so that he could look into Remus's face, flushed and broken but still wide-eyed and hopeful. Once Sirius held Remus's hands in his own, Remus seemed to pause, almost terrified. I'd be willing to let you try, Mooney, Sirius stated softly under a deep full breath, and Remus shattered in Sirius's arms, his shoulders racking with sobs that filled his chest. With no reservation, Sirius slipped his hand to the back of Remus's neck and coaxed Remus's head onto his shoulder. With Remus so close, Sirius was greeted with an achingly familiar scent, something warm like the cinnamon he added to his tea, something sweet like the chocolates he crafted with great care, something earthy like the beechwood forests around his parents' house that he and Sirius had intentionally lost themselves in many times. 
It was profound and welcoming, and Sirius breathed it in. Why? Remus exhaled sharply, and it struck Sirius's skin with such unexpected warmth that Sirius shivered underneath it. Why forgive me after all this time? But still, he pulled Sirius in closer. The answer required no more thought because he'd been thinking about it for a decade. I was young and stupid, and proud as fuck, you know that. Sirius sighed with almost a laugh, not ignorant to the fact that Remus had turned his head to hold his forehead against the curve of Sirius's neck. Now, I'm older and smarter, and... He trailed off, knowing he was definitely no less proud than before. <laughs> Humble. There was a hint of snark in Remus's reply, and Sirius reveled in it. <laughs> oh, hell no, he said, laughing so loudly he could hear creatures skittering away in the leaves on the ground. I'm the same cocky son of a bitch I was when I was nineteen. Worse, maybe. A curious, careful laugh slipped through Remus's lips and he nuzzled further into Sirius's arms while Sirius relaxed his grip to let Remus move in as far as he wanted. The point is, he finally finished, adjusting just a bit so that he could watch Remus's face as he made this admission. I missed you too. And it was sublime. I can't believe you didn't notice. Remus mumbled against the lip of his coffee mug, a curious smile spreading so far into his cheeks that he had to pull it back just to take a sip of the spiced chai that Sirius had spiked with too much of the cinnamon whiskey he found in the back of Remus's cupboard. I was a bit busy trying not to vomit on the pavement. Sirius shot back instantly, rolling his head back over the high cushions of Remus's sofa offering Remus an unnecessary but deeply appreciated study of the curves of his sharply angled throat. With pink in his cheeks, Remus altered his gaze slightly. Were you really that nervous to talk to me? I'm flattered, he stated haughtily, pretending he hadn't just been flushed by watching Sirius swallow. The pink moved into Sirius's face. Having Sirius in his flat in the first place was surreal, but with every sign that Sirius was growing more comfortable in the space next to Remus, it became more like a fever dream. When Sirius had taken off his boots at the front door, it was like he was coming home to Remus. When he'd shed his leather jacket with an arch of his back, it was like Remus was 18 again in his parents' bedroom. But when Sirius pulled down his loose bun and his graying curls tumbled down to his ribs longer than his hair had ever been when they were teenagers, the image of past Sirius and present Sirius merged with such a dizzying fury that Remus couldn't be sure he wouldn't just wake up from this blissfully real fantasy. We're getting off topic, Sirius said as he adjusted to look at Remus with a look so sheepish and coy that Remus felt a wave of nostalgia so strong he could have sworn he was back in Mrs. McGonagall's English literature classroom at 15, just before Sirius had kissed him for the first time. You're avoiding the fact that you literally named your shop Mooney's Chocolates, Sirius continued looking pleased. No, I named it Honeymoon Chocolates, which is not at all what you just said, Remus responded, trying to drive back the blush that was fighting for control over the hue of his skin with minimal success. A smile brushed over Sirius's face that was different than the ones before it. That was one of the names you picked out in school. Do you remember that list? He glanced up at Remus with a gaze that was somehow equal parts light and dark, innocence of memory and longing of the things they'd lost. That name always was your favorite one, Remus said with a soft nodding of his head, uncut curls sweeping down over his eyebrow with the movement. As he pushed it back, he wondered if he had imagined that slight twitch in Sirius's eyebrow as his silver gaze fell on the curl of Remus's arm. It was a two-in-one, Sirius laughed, and his expression was suddenly so carefree that Remus became sure that he had imagined the prior look. Moon, obviously from Mooney, and honey for your... He went suddenly quiet, a flurry of pinpoint changes moving across his face before it settled again into that veil of nonchalance that Remus was startlingly unfamiliar with. It's a great descriptor for your eye color. For a moment, the conversation almost stalled because Remus could tell that Sirius was trying to keep things superficial, avoiding deep topics like getting lost in the detail of describing the color of one another's eyes. 
Maybe that was smart, keeping it professional. After all, Remus couldn't expect them to pick up where they left off. He couldn't even expect Sirius to instantly become his friend again. No, he had to earn that. But it didn't mean Remus didn't miss the intensity of Sirius's affection, and it didn't mean that he wasn't going to try everything he could to get it back. He'd start light. Humor worked best. Nah, I should have just let Pete name it after his nickname. Remus muttered under his breath with a hilarious smile and a sharply raised brow, watching Sirius with a knowing glance and waiting. Oh god, no. Sirius groaned loudly, a laugh spluttering out into the tea left in his mug. You would have gone bankrupt in the first day. Who's out here buying food from a place named after a rat? You're the one who gave him the nickname, Remus half-argued, thoroughly enjoying the way Sirius's silver eyes flashed brighter when overlaid against the width and luminosity of his smile. <sighs> Not so he could name a chocolate shop after it. By then, Sirius was nearly howling with laughter, the mug in his hand shaking erratically, his other hand clutching his ribs as if in pain. And Remus was entranced in Sirius's presence, watching Sirius laugh like the last ten years had just been undone. When it died down, Remus couldn't help but comment on it. I had no idea I missed your laugh so much, he said with a soft chuckle. I knew I missed it, but Jesus... It practically cleansed my soul. Maybe we could, Sirius started, taking a careful breath, and for a moment, Remus was afraid he'd overstepped, said something too soon, admitted too much. Maybe we could do this again, soon. There was something that blossomed in Remus's chest that he thought he'd weeded out rather quickly after he'd driven Sirius from his life. It wasn't really a thing he could name, but he could feel the ash of what it used to be swirling around his ribs. Every time Sirius's name came up in casual conversation, he could feel the coals of the pyre he'd burned it upon smolder under the strong wind of unexpectedly hearing his voice on the radio. He could feel its deathless roots move deeper into trampled soil he'd buried it under every time he woke from those dreams that worked out a little bit differently. Despite how violently he'd tried to kill it, it kept growing back. Through every harsh winter of never seeing Sirius's face and every self-imposed famine of Sirius's affection. An hour ago, hearing that Sirius was willing to forgive him, a field of it had instantly sprouted like white clover across his diaphragm. But he'd stunted it then, knowing that forgiveness didn't mean going back to the way things were. But now, hearing Sirius admit that he wanted to spend more time with Remus... Watching Sirius smile softly at the way Remus admitted to missing his laugh so desperately, that thing in Remus's chest became a wild forest of overgrowth, every suppressed feeling he had for Sirius, filling his lungs until he was suffocating under its thickness and weight, but it provided him with plenty of air left to breathe. Apparently, in his surprise, he'd been blinking mutely without acknowledging Sirius's offer, and Sirius got the wrong idea, stumbling through a retraction. We don't have to, I mean, if you don't want. No, Remus actually shouted, causing Sirius to startle a little bit, though with an amused grin covering his lips. No, he corrected a little more calmly, though his cool was absolutely shattered. I'd love to. I'm just, I'm surprised you're here at all, much less offering to make it a standing invitation. You know, me too. Sirius shrugged, taking another sip of spiked tea and making a face at how cold it had gotten over the course of their conversation. A week ago, I thought I hated you. I thought you hated me an hour ago, Remus said with a slight laugh, trying to ease the tension in the room and in his chest. And you'd be right too. Truthfully, I don't know why you don't. After an unsteady inhale, Sirius looked up from where his head was still bowed over the mug in his hands, leaving Remus to swallow quite nervously in the wake of the intensity of Sirius's gaze, made that much more striking by the silver glow of his eyes. I think we both know the answer to that. In the uncertainty of this evening, that had been resting on top of his heart all night, and with Sirius's confession, that uncertainty changed to clarity. No longer a weight on his heart, but an engine, this realization and all the implications it brought forth spiked the improbable rate of Remus's racing heart. No, I 
Remus started, unable to keep the nervous laughter behind his teeth, because Sirius couldn't possibly be insinuating what Remus thought he was. I, I don't think I do, because if I thought I knew the answer to that, I'd... He took a deep breath. I would only be kidding myself. Mooney, Sirius said, immediately setting down his mug so he could lean in closer, his elbows on his knees as he tried to look Remus in the eyes. Remus feverishly avoiding his compelling gaze. At the studio, someone put his hand on my shoulder to move past me in a hallway, and I cried in the bathroom for ten full minutes, just because the weight of his hands on my skin felt like yours. He sighed, and as Remus misplaced the breath in his lungs, Sirius moved down to kneel on the floor in front of Remus, his hair sweeping down to brush against Remus's leg with his movement. At first, he lifted his hand as if to touch Remus's knee, but he curled his eager fingers into a fist and shoved it softly into the carpet underneath him. On a short breath, he continued, That was last week. It doesn't matter that it's been ten years. It doesn't matter what you did or said back then. I can't ignore the fact that I'm still in love. Don't. Remus immediately cautioned, despite his emptied lungs, despite the ache in his heart that had been longing to hear those words from Sirius's mouth for over a decade. Don't, he repeated, shaking his head and screwing his eyes tight shut. I, I don't deserve to hear that from you. Mooney, Sirius whispered carefully, and this time he did put his hand on Remus's knee, and Remus could fully understand why Sirius had a nervous breakdown over a touch that simply reminded him of Remus. Because having the warmth and pressure of Sirius's actual touch on his body again sent him spiraling so quickly that he could barely keep from sobbing out loud and pulling Sirius to his chest. And he wanted to move, he wanted to remove Sirius from him so he couldn't hurt Sirius again, or maybe it was the other way around because Sirius would inevitably realize that he was only in love with the memory of Remus, that Sirius had grown and changed while Remus had done nothing but stay the same. But with Sirius so close with his hand on Remus's knee, Remus could only tremble underneath it. To Remus's surprise, when Sirius continued, it was with a laugh. You're doing that thing again. In confusion, Remus peeked through his fingers to see Sirius smiling, his hand moving up Remus's thigh. What thing? Remus asked cautiously. That thing where you try to make a decision for me? With a sharply raised eyebrow, Sirius crept closer and set his chin on top of Remus's knee, moving his hands down to softly wrap around Remus's ankle. The closeness left Remus holding his breath, clenching his jaw. Isn't that how we got into this mess in the first place? Sirius smiled, his chin jutting against Remus's knee with every spoken word. With a half-sneer in defeat, Remus let out a loose breath. <laughs> You'd think I would have learned the lesson last time, he said with the wince of an unspoken apology. But that doesn't mean I'm not right. <laughs> what? That you don't deserve it? Sirius asked with a slightly irritated huff. Yes. Remus pushed a little more insistence into his tone. After all, this didn't undo the last ten years. It didn't undo the fact that Remus had ruined their relationship for ultimately no reason. Then... Earn it, Sirius stated succinctly, the words snapping as they moved across his tongue and through his teeth, as if stating it clearly enough would make it have more of an impact. And it did. Because hearing Sirius's gentle whisper dive into a tone that commanded authority and ferocity unsettled something that had been dormant in Remus's gut for a long time, a relative of that thing that he had turned to ash and cinder the night he'd turned down Sirius's proposal and it was broken into Polaroid photographs of skin that had never seen daylight. It was scattered into disjointed series of clipped film reel that showed Remus's fingers knotted tightly into Sirius's hair and Sirius's teeth around Remus's throat. Make me earn it, Remus countered resolutely, intentionally matching Sirius's incendiary vigor, but unintentionally moving closer, not realizing it until his forehead was nearly pressed to Sirius's own and he could feel Sirius's eager breath falling rapidly against his lips. 
Without will, he glanced down, admiring the impatient way Sirius's mouth fell slightly open, as if unknowingly trying to coax Remus to imitate it. Let me show you how to start. Sirius hummed, his fingers moving up to the back of Remus's knee as he shifted upward in minor increments until the tip of his nose skimmed along Remus's own. As much as Remus wanted to press forward to grip Sirius by the back of the neck and pull Sirius to his lips, he hesitated, wishing he wasn't about to say what he knew he had to say. Not that I'm trying to make a decision for you or anything. He breathed out softly, not blind to the way Sirius tilted his head back to level their lips, still inching closer with every second. But we might be skipping a few steps here. Without moving away, Sirius replied, his words propelling the scent of cinnamon and clove and cigarette smoke into the shared air between them, and Remus's mouth instinctively widened to try to catch the taste of it on his tongue. Do you think it's considered moving too quickly if I try to kiss you only a few hours after we've decided to be on speaking terms again? He asked with a sarcastic chuckle. I suppose we could try being friends again first, Remus reasoned, but couldn't convince himself to pull away. Fingering through the ends of Sirius's hair and realizing with an ache that Sirius still smelled the same as he did when they were teenagers still used the same expensive coconut hibiscus product to define his curls, still wore the same cologne that reminded Remus of cedar and jasmine and incense. That would be best, right? Sirius asked, carefully tilting his head so that he could slide against the bridge of Remus's nose with his own. In that movement, there was a delicate, fleeting trace of the softness of Sirius's lips against his, leading Remus to crane his neck in order to get it back. But Sirius had moved back just far enough for separation, but not far enough to remove his warmth. I mean, reasonably, it should be easy. We've lived without kissing each other every day for the last ten years. Does it count if I thought about kissing you every day for the last ten years? Remus half-argued, shifting to the edge of the couch in order to shift Sirius's touch further up his thigh, and Sirius's mouth a little bit closer to his. Slowly, Remus's fingers tangled in the ends of Sirius's hair and moved up to his neck. Stop being so difficult, Mooney. You're the one who said we were skipping steps, Sirius said with the hint of a smile playing in the corner of his lips, but the humor in his gaze passed quickly, leaving behind smoldering silver flame and breaths that were coming shorter and shorter. Without any of the prior hesitation, Sirius suddenly moved both hands to Remus's face and stood quickly, arching Remus over the back of the couch, kneeling over him with one knee pressed into the cushion of the sofa. Just one. He bargained on a transient breath, ghosting his lips over Remus's as absently as his control would allow, his long black hair enveloping Remus in a curtain of darkness, the only source of light, the silver glow of Sirius's virile gaze. Just one, Mooney. Let me kiss you, just this once. Bad foot. Remus exhaled into Sirius's open, waiting mouth as he found his hands gripping tightly to Sirius's hips, feeling the tremble of Sirius's legs as he undoubtedly debated on settling down into Remus's empty lap. If you kiss me right now, I know for certain that I wouldn't stop until you. He stopped short. Until I what? Sirius's impatient grip on his face increased. Without removing his eyes from Sirius's pointed gaze, Remus pulled his bottom lip into his teeth, unable to keep himself from saying it out loud. I wouldn't stop until you're exhausted and spent underneath me, Remus admitted boldly, his crescent-scarred eyebrow twitching belligerently, conveying his every unclean thought in a single glance. Curiously, a snarl appeared on Sirius's lips, displaying teeth clenched tightly in frustration, his gleaming canines shining like those of a predator in the dim light. For a few seconds, his grip on Remus's face increased exponentially, and Remus absently wondered if Sirius was leaving claw marks underneath his stubble, as Sirius's parted lips hovered anxiously over Remus's mouth. Remus waited for the collision. It never came. Instead, Sirius pressed his forehead tightly to Remus's and let out a low growl, eyes closed and breath seething. Finally, he released Remus from his grip and threw himself onto the sofa next to Remus, one leg crossed over Remus's thigh. 
God damn it, he grumbled, tossing his long hair across the cushions behind him as he let his head fall backward, a long sigh moving through his lips. You put far too much whiskey into the tea, Remus said, trying to take deep breaths in order to slow down the pounding rhythm of his heart. With Sirius still in arm's reach, lounged across Remus like the old lovers that they were, there wasn't much that was working to slow his heart rate. I didn't put enough, if you ask me, Sirius argued angrily. A little more, and we could be in the bedroom right now, instead of agonizing over whether or not we would regret it in the morning. Would you have regretted it in the morning? Remus couldn't help but ask, afraid he knew what the answer would be, but still hoping for the opposite. After all, only a moment ago Sirius had been nearly straddling him on the sofa, so at least he knew there was something there. No, Sirius said immediately, and Remus let himself smile, before the elongated sigh from Sirius's lips made him retract it. Maybe. I don't know. Sirius glanced over cautiously. Would you have? Remus didn't have to think about that answer. No, not at all. Mooney... Sirius whined in response, sitting up a little closer to Remus then as if he could still convince himself to let it all go and let them have their way with each other. But that's because I'm the one who fucked everything up last time, Remus explained, leaning his head back so that he could look at Sirius a little better, because he never got tired of the sight of Sirius, grey and aging and different but altogether the same. There's more at risk for you than there is for me. It's no more risk than letting you back in, which I've already done, Sirius reasoned. With a smile, Remus reached over and brushed the back of his finger down Sirius's prominent cheekbone. A mirrored smile appeared on Sirius's lips as he closed his eyes, seeming to revel in Remus's familiar touch. Then we cut the risk, bit by bit, Remus said, his eyes scattering from the gray in Sirius's beard to the laugh lines at the corner of his eyes. Just like we said, Make me earn your trust, and I have to start at the bottom. I have to be a better friend to you than I have been over the last ten years. Okay, Sirius agreed, smiling softly. It's nice to be your friend again, Mooney. Yeah, it is, Remus nodded, still caressing Sirius's face. I missed you, Pats. With a sly smile, Sirius quickly turned his face to press his lips to the palm of Remus's hand, holding it in place so Remus couldn't pull it away. Friends kiss, don't they? He grinned, looking up from where his words were muffled against the inside of Remus's wrist, his lips steadily moving up Remus's forearm. Oh god, this is never going to work. Remus laughed, buried within a groan. Certainly not if you keep saying, oh god, like that. Sirius replied, eyebrows raised high.